Blog Talk Radio. In the phrase middle class. And yet, who has done more destruction to working people in this country than Obama? Why isn't it proper to point out the Democrat base is made up, for the most part, of a nation's losers? Free enterprise can do a better job producing the things that people need than government can. Less government and less taxes and more freedom for the people. Iran, Cuba, Venezuela... These countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. Bring myself and the American flag. Never give up the freedom my pop fought for us to have. Never give it back. Same with the gas. You can never take that. Never take that. On this Memorial Day, as our nation honors its unbroken line of fallen heroes, and I see many of them in, in the audience here today.
This is the Dr. C. Robert Jones Conservative Report, weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the WOW Radio Network. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. Are you going to stay up all night? You have family, you know. You're always at that computer. that Jesus Christ wouldn't vote for Barack Obama was because of Obama's fanatical support of abortion to the point of condoning infanticide. You can't handle the truth! Political correctness gone wild. These aren't really good reasons to suggest that he's scared, only that he's stupid. What is your major malfunction, nub-nuts? You are cock-blocking. You are in the way. <laughs> I'm looking into trying to get a rooster that doesn't crow. Are you going to trust me or your lying eyes? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. You know, I believe in the principle that you pay as you go. Obama was, in the words of Louis Farrakhan, C-elected before he was elected. There's a rhyme in there somewhere. Why so serious? I laugh out loud with glee. At every opportunity, I'm standing in the grocery line. Ha 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 ha. behave. I'm uh, doing the laundry. Ha 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 Oh, I'm walking the dog. <laughs> I was napping. I went. <laughs> And it's all because of the news today. Does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? This is David Graham of Stay Mad Radio. You're listening to Dr. C. Robert Jones and the Situation Report every weekday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Well... Good evening, folks, and welcome to another fun-filled hour on formative historical, well, it's just a big old box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, but sometimes you do. And (laughs) today's date, May 23rd, already, beautiful old town Alexandria is where I am, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Again, I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. The call in the number is 347-884-8500. Mm-hmm. Let's get this party started. Lots to talk about today. Lots going on in the news. The good news. The one. The Messiah. The all-powerful. The all-encompassing. The great one. Lincoln 
Jesus, God, all rolled into one. Wasn't showing up by a convicted felon this time around. The bad news, he still failed to secure supermajorities in a part, well, in a pair of virtually uncontested presidential primaries last night. In Kentucky, Obama won only 58% of Democrats, with 48, uh, 42% of his party's voters casting ballots as for uncommitted. Uncommitted over a sitting president. In Arkansas, an, an obscure attorney took a similar share of the primary vote from Obama. But as the Washington Post will tell you, a massacre perpetrated by a Mormon militia in 1857 might be problematic for Mitt Romney down in Razorback country this fall or something. As fun as these symbolic anti-Obama tallies may be, I'm not sure how predictive they are looking ahead in November. I suppose I wouldn't want to be a Democrat and be on the ticket with Obama in either of these states. Although his humiliation in West Virginia a few weeks back probably won't prevent his lapdog Senator Joe Manchin from winning re-election on the same day the state goes heavily for Romney. Well, speaking of Romney, he inched even closer to the magic nominating number on Tuesday, pulling within 89 delegates of hitting the required 1,144 mark. He'll probably clinch things officially in Texas next week. One item of note, though, from the GOP side of things, the former Massachusetts governor carried 67% of the primary vote in Kentucky. Representative Ron Paul barely attracted 12%. But because Paul actively stopped actively campaigning a few weeks ago, it's less of a story now. Eh, it's crazy. We got a lot going on. Tonight we're going to talk about Barack Obama's 15 minutes of fame. And if we have time, we'll get into the 10 reasons why Barack Obama will not be re-elected president of the United States come this November, just barely five months away. So sit back and enjoy. Call in if you'd like. We'd love to hear from you on the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. We'll be right back and we'll kick it off in just a couple of minutes.
and a commitment to something greater than themselves. Robert Jones Situation Report. Welcome back. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Fifteen. Fifteen. That's the magic number. In the future, wait, and I quote, in the future, everybody will be world famous for 15 minutes. End quote. Andy Warhol. In 1970, George Wynn Jr. achieved his Warholian 15 minutes of fame by setting himself on fire on the campus of the University of California in San Diego. He was protesting the war in Vietnam. These days, you can achieve the same notoriety if if you've done nothing more than bronze yourself to a deep precancerous glow like uh, tanning addict Patricia Krenzel. Or, well, you can take things several steps further by doing your best to destroy the U.S. economy, fraternize with the Islamic enemy, and cripple the American energy industry. Add in advancing causes of bringing our country under the rule of big government, crony capitalist elite by dividing America into warring minority demographic groups in the most blatant manner imaginable, or, well, you've got Barack Obama claiming his 15 minutes of fame. The president's 15 minutes has lasted longer than Warhol predicted, but I tend to think that At the time Warhol uttered the words, they reflected his understanding that our culture was changing so rapidly and dramatically that everyone had the potential to spend time in the celebrity spotlight. In other words, 
some people's 15 minutes last longer than others. The point is that in the increasing democratic world of electronic celebrity, having what it takes has taken on a new meaning. It has nothing to do with what we used to think of as being the sort of substantial person that might at least have had a shot at achieving celebrity status. Now, the key word here is the word celebrity. Thanks to Barack Obama, the U.S. presidency now has less and less to do with competence and leadership and more and more to do with the elusive word whose definition changes with each degrading instance of his redefinement or redefinition downward in the media. For example, we have a cool president who hobnobs with the ladies on The View and slow jams the news with comedian Jimmy Fallon. The key to these appearances, you ask? The people hosting them has riven, have, have, have risen to stardom despite having done nothing of substance in their lives. They're all products of a culture that's living down to the values Warhol must have had in mind when he began the redefinition of fame. Now, shortly after Obama raised his celebrity status another notch by reluctantly coming out in the closet, coming out of the closet or rather coming out in favor of gay marriage he shared the spotlight with that most voracious of celebrities George Clooney who hosted a fundraiser attended by the Hollywood equivalent of Las Vegas Wales and boosted Obama's campaign coffers by some $15 million. Now, the fundraiser, hosted by gay singer Ricky Martin, mustered only a comparative measly $1 million for the first gay president. In keeping with the image of a celebrity president, it doesn't hurt that First Lady Michelle wasted millions of taxpayer dollars on 16 vacations over the course of the last three years on several of which she had been accompanied by an entourage of a size that would put many successful hip-hop artists to shame. When it comes to making the most of one's 15 minutes of fame, Michelle knows whereof she speaks. Now, in order to earn your 15 minutes of fame today, you need to do something that goes against the grain of the American spirit. The events that led to, well, their protractors, 15 minutes of fame, need to have at least one of the following qualities. Be morally reprehensible, see the Kardashian, the Kardashian sisters, or downright illegal, see Eric Holder, Fast and Furious. Or perhaps, too, contribute nothing to the benefit of society, perhaps Bill Maher. Be based on lies or misrepresentations or done solely for personal aggrandization for political gains. See Barack Obama. It doesn't hurt 
and that the press continue to drink the Obama Kool-Aid and ignore turpitude at the heart of his administration. The Obama administration, in fact, the Obama re-election campaign is attempting to hold together a fragile coalition of minorities, almost solely on the strength of Obama's now endangered celebrity status. The list of groups comprising that coalition include many who have risen to prominence on the strength of their exemplifying, or, or at least one of the values that I listed just a moment ago. <laughs> First Lady Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal, folks. Why do folks continue to support this man? One would have thought that he would have been out on his ass long ago. He's the President of the United States. Yes, he was duly elected. And I've been talking to folks over the last couple of weeks asking, hey, what's wrong with your president? I talked to a certain demographic, a certain minority group who shall be nameless. Yeah, we're going to name them. They say that the reason for Barack Obama's problems right now is that the sheets have come off. The headdress has come off. The hoods have come off. You see, it's not about Barack Obama's policies. It's not the fact that he's running the economy into the ground. It's not the fact that unemployment is high. It's not the fact that in the minority communities, unemployment is twice what it is everywhere for every other minority group. It's racism. Racism is at the heart of well, the summer of our discontent. Racism. It always rears its ugly head. And here's the deal. There aren't enough black folks in the, this country, black people in this country, to re-elect Barack Obama. There aren't enough black folks to have gotten him elected in the first place. So what's happening is, and those minority groups who know this are attempting to once again shame white people into reelecting the nation's first black president. They're crying racism. The reason why Barack Obama can't get his agenda passed is racism. They don't want to see a black president succeed. The reason why Congress isn't moving on Obama's plans is racism. They don't want to see a black president succeed. It's racist. Never mind that Barack Obama is largely incompetent. Never mind that he's pretty much not even doing his job. Let me tell you what I think. I think the President of the United States is a disgrace to black people. I think the President of the United States is living up to every stereotype there is when it comes to black folks. 
He's pretty much lazy. He's admitted it. He doesn't really like to do his job. Many people have said so. He spends a lot of time on vacation and golfing. In my mind, he's the epitome of that Negro in the woodpile taking a snooze when he's supposed to be doing his job. So here we have a relatively incompetent individual as our chief executive who spends the majority of his time either golfing, playing basketball, or on vacation. Doesn't really want to work. Doesn't get down to the business of governing the country. But rather, rides around the country giving speeches, shaking hands, kissing babies, chowing down wherever he can, and just pretty much living the good life. Because how hard is it to stand in front of a podium, in front of adoring fans, all who have been picked because they love him, and read from a teleprompter, and then get off the stage, head to a fine hotel suite, chow down, take a nap, sleep, till the next day, and then give another speech, and then get on fine Air, Air, Air Force One, which I have had the opportunity to tour once or twice, and then ride off to the next spot. It's easier to just chill and coast along, giving speeches to people who are already drinking your Kool-Aid, and live the good life, rather than seeking to bring about a coalition in our nation's government. Ladies and gentlemen, our president is incompetent. Now, it brings me no great joy to say this. But I'll say it. Barack Obama gives black folks a bad name. He is not someone to be looked up to. He's not someone to be admired or revered. You know, you think we've got Colin Powell in office running the country. Let me ask you this. Do you think that Colin Powell would be spending his time, if he were president of the United States, golfing, vacationing in Martha's Vineyard, having a tasty ice cream cone treat, riding a bicycle built for two, wearing a geeky helmet, and looking as gay as they come. Do you think Colin Powell would be the kind of president that would slow jam a speech on Jimmy Fallon's show. Do you think that Colin Powell would be sitting on the couch with those sows from The View? There's a difference between dignity, class, and Barack Hussein Obama, who is the epitome of none of that. How how he has it's gonna take years for us to recover from the damage that he's done to the presidency of the United States. And if I were you know the majority of black folks who voted for this clown should be furious. 
because he has brought the presidency to a new low seen only recently by Bill Clinton's behavior. It seems you get a hillbilly from Arkansas uh, who chases skirts in the White House in the Oval Office and gets a gets a uh, well, you know what, in the Oval Office, and now we've got a Negro from the South Side of Chicago who slow jams a speech on Jimmy Fallon. And and sings out green tunes. And all the while, there are pictures out there of him chowing down on some fried chicken. And he's got some ribs, a big slab of ribs. And a big fat hamburger. The only thing that Barack Obama does not have in front of him a picture of is him chowing down on a big old piece of watermelon. A big juicy slice of watermelon. He's out golfing, playing basketball, just having a great time. You know, if Barack Obama is going to miss the presidency, he's going to miss it because he won't have all these goodies. All this great time to just chill. He has brought the presidency down to a level which we... We'll never, ever see again. Obama's 15 minutes of fame, folks, is about to come to a crashing end. And it's about to come to an end at the hands of a rival candidate who aspires to nothing more than restoring American values that have been so distorted and displaced by those who, like Obama, must have their 15 minutes in the bleak sun of narcissist narcissistic degradancy. <laughs> Obama, Mr. Obama, Mr. President, your 15 minutes are just about up. And thank God for that. It couldn't have come sooner. I'm starting to agree with all those folks who say that Barack Obama's time is up. That he will be soundly defeated this November. It's looking pretty bad. It really is. I almost feel sorry for the guy. Almost. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come right back, and we'll go down the list of top ten reasons why Barack Obama will not be reelected president of the United States. It's looking pretty bad. Yeah, I know the polls are saying that, you know, they're dead even, that they're neck and neck right now, and all that. I know. But hope and change. It's not hiring. We'll take a short break. We'll come right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Once again, phone number is 347-884-8500. Lights, camera, action. You've been enjoying yourself, but now it's time to make them love you again. You're cool, calm, collected. You've always gotten what you wanted. 
but was it ever what we wanted? We need jobs. We need leadership. Yet you do nothing as we pile up debts we can't afford. It's like you don't even get it. And I'm one of your middle-class Americans. And quite frankly, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted of defending you, defending your administration, defending the mantle of change that I voted for. We hope. And you hope. My hope is. My hope is. My hope is. But hope isn't hiring. Why is Ayn Rand's great novel Atlas Shrugged a bestseller today, more than half a century after it was written? It's because our real world today is just like the fictional future that Rand foresaw in Atlas Shrugged. It's a time of crisis and decay, but it's also a world of innovation and achievement. It's a world of heroes and villains, driven by very different philosophies. We wrote I Am John Galt to tell their stories. We look at the heroic innovators who are building our world and show that they're doing it just like the heroes of Ayn Rand's novels. They're using her philosophy of capitalism, reason, objective reality, and self-interest. Who is John Galt? Meet John Allison, the mild-mannered Southerner who created one of America's greatest banking empires. He did it with Ayn Rand's philosophy by getting every one of his tens of thousands of employees to read Atlas Shrugged and live by its code. In the great financial crisis of 2008, his bank was about the only one that didn't need a government bailout. But the government forced Allison to take TARP money anyway. After that, Allison walked away, just like John Galt did. There's so many other Rand heroes in our midst. There's Bill Gates, the genius who built the world's greatest company and the world's greatest personal fortune, only to have his own government call him a criminal for succeeding too much. Isn't he just like Hank Reardon from Atlas Shrugged? And how about Steve Jobs, the brilliant entrepreneur who reinvented computers, movies, music, telephones, just because he thought it was so cool? He's got the same attitude toward life as Howard Rourke from Rand's other great novel, The Fountainhead. Build it, and I don't care if they come. You'll meet some real-life Rand villains in our book, too, the parasites who are trying to destroy the world. Remember Wesley Mooch from Atlas Shrugged, the corrupt bureaucrat who destroyed the economy? That's Congressman Barney Frank, who spent years subsidizing Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac in the name of altruism. When Fannie and Freddie nearly wrecked the U.S. housing market, what did Frank do? Just like Mooch, he demanded wider powers. And you'll meet Paul Krugman, the rabid partisan pundit who spreads socialism from the pages of the New York Times and thinks nothing of using the power of the press to destroy his political enemies. He's Ellsworth Toohey, the scheming, dwarfish newspaper columnist straight from the pages of the Fountainhead. These are some of the heroes and villains who move our world. So who is John Galt? I am. You can be too. Read our book and find out how. All right. Welcome back, folks, to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. The other day I called a friend and uh, interrupted her in mid-cry. It seems she's just returned from putting her only son on a plane to China, where he was moving after giving up on a job, on getting a job here in the United States. The next day in the supermarket, I bumped into another friend. 
looking downcast, she told me her only son was planning his move to Hong Kong after a fruitless year-long search for a job in the financial sector here. I quote her saying, Obama's destroying the economy, end quote. And then she looked nervously around at her hyper-blue state neighbors. She then said to me, I feel like I have to whisper or they're going to come and arrest me. She actually said that. Welcome to Obama's America in 2012, folks. A joy-free zone in which the best and the brightest youth are flocking to a communist dictatorship because they see more hope of economic opportunity there than they do here. Folks, with one out of two recent college graduates out of work, the future leaders of the nation are hanging out in mom's basement, enjoying their parents' health insurance coverage while nodding off in a government-induced haze. That's what's happening. But many of the most driven entrepreneurial types, the kind of unstoppable hustlers who built America, they're leaving. And it seems they may never return. Atlas is indeed shrugging here in the United States. It seems as though we're having, we're experiencing what Ayn Rand wrote way back in 1957. Why should, why should our best and brightest stay here? Why should they aspire to economic stability? Why should they aspire to greatness? Why should they? When they might land a job with the with that quintessential American company Procter and Gamble. Its beauty unit is slamming the door on Ohio and moving its headquarters to Singapore. Or maybe they'll get a piece of uh well, Eduardo Sabatine's next uh adventure. He's the billionaire co founder of Facebook who just tore up his US citizenship. Back in the halcyon pre-Obama days, Severin immigrated here from Brazil looking for opportunity. Well, he found it, and now he's following it to Singapore. Yes. Yes, we're living in the glorious age of hope and change. When Americans are renouncing their citizenship faster than Obama can grab cash at George Clooney's fundraiser. In 2011, a record number, 1,789 Americans gave up their U.S. citizenship, which exceeded, exceeds the total from 2007, 2008, and 2009 combined. But even though America is bleeding jobs and draining brains, talent, and opportunity, oh, don't let Obama hear you complain, baby. The man gets very, very upset when you don't. 
kiss his ass. And if you make a big donation to Romney, expect O's wrath to pour down upon your cranium good and hard like a big fat rock. The Wall Street Journal tells us that Obama's campaign website publicly names and shames eight private citizens who gave to Romney. The president's website accuses these new public enemies of living on the wrong side of the law, where they reap illicit profits at the expense of so many Americans thereby earning less than reputable records. After Obama denounced Romney donor Frank Vandersloot of Idaho Falls, something rather curious happened. Mr. Wolf, a former Democrat law clerk from the Senate Permanent Subcommittee of Investigations, began trolling through Vandersloot's divorce records. What a coincidence. Yeah, for the crime of donating to Obama's opponent, Vandersloot is getting the full Roto-Rooter treatment, just like Joe the Plumber. Remember Joe? Well, I've got a caller on the line. Let's get to our caller. Holger. Holger Awakens. Great radio show he has here on Blog Talk Radio. Check him out. Holger, you're on with the C. Robert Jones situation. Sorry I kept you waiting. Dr. Jones, great to be here. Hey, great to have you, man. Coming through loud and clear tonight, as always. Hey, (laughs) thank you. What do you think about all that? You know, you said something there that struck me when when you mentioned that tomorrow's leaders in this country are hanging out in mom's basement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it it, it kind of hit me because I just, I just actually uh, I got a call uh, the other night uh, from some research company that wanted my um, opinions on, uh, I thought it was a poll, but it was more of a, opinions on uh, Obamacare. And I sat through this 20-minute <laughs> research thing, which was very slanted to the left and so forth. But, um, if you re- if you recall, one of the things in Obamacare that's I believe is in effect right now is this: um, uh, you're, if you're on your parents' health program, um, you you can stay on that till you're 26, I believe. Yeah. And you know when you think about Obama and his words about the the transformation, fundamental transformation of this mm-hmm. country. You know, I think sometimes we, you know, we look at, you know, obviously changing the structure of government and and um uh you know, hitting at the constitution and so forth. And I I think I think part of what he meant was a transformational, you know, fundamental transformation of of the fabric of the people, of the of this of our psyche. Yeah. And in that, you know, what that that part of Obamacare, which was very important for them to put in there, you know, what what that says to our young people is, you you can't make it. God knows you can't make it. You know, you you, you need to to 
to be on someone else's health care program until you're at least 26 because God knows, you know, like Holger at 22, you couldn't be on your own. Yeah. Paying for your own health health insurance. You know, you know what I mean? Is that am I off base there? I mean, it's just it's just it's very clever. I think a very clever way of it's, digging it's in, at us. It, it's inducing, in my mind, Holger. It's inducing uh, young Americans to. Um, uh, it, it, it's sort of like uh, lulling them to sleep. It's like don't have ambition. Lower your expectations. Manage your expectations about life. Don't go out into the world and make your own way. Don't take the initiative. Don't seize the moment. We don't want you to do that. We want you to relax, take it easy. Your parents will take care of you for as, for as long as it takes you to get yourself together. You know, it, it's a, it, it it you're you're exactly right, Holger. It it's it's we the 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 idea of pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Well, this president thinks that that's Republican for fend for yourself. Yeah. And you shouldn't be – you shouldn't have to fend for yourself. How many times have we heard Barack Obama say that Republicans want you to fend for yourself? Yeah. That's how – that's how – that's what parents are supposed to raise you to do, to be able to fend for yourself. It's the basic law of nature. Rats, for God's sake, do that. Birds, push the baby bird out of the nest. Go, fly away. But, you see, uh, taking away a person's free will, their initiative, their drive, their zeal, their zest for life, their zest to succeed on their own, well... That's what the government wants. That's what this government wants. That's what this administration wants, you to be subservient, to be needy, to need the government. And there's so many young people out there who say, yeah, I need to be on my parents' insurance. I should be. I need – I, I, I earn this. In fact, it's my right. Holger, I don't know what to say. Well, and and I think you know you're you're spot on with all that, and 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 it's you know you, you you've seen you know I would say that the that the the pride, you know a, a person's pride is is what what carries us through a lot of life's difficulties, you know pride in yourself and so forth, and and I think that's another you know thing that we you know he he's he's attacked the national pride, um, you know there the, there certainly was no economic, you know, um reason for the cuts to to NASA. Um, you know, that was that was his way of of, you know, cutting at at the nation's pride in our space program. Yeah. But but he's also attacked, you know, this is this is just another example of I mean, it's kind of like when, you know, we joke about it a little bit, but you know, when I was growing up, I was in sports a lot and and uh you know, it was all about winning and and we had coaches who who motivated us and and you know the the le- life lesson that we learned was is that when you worked hard and and you you gained success and you wanted things you you, you felt this pride not because yeah. you know because you worked hard and you suffered and you you you, you slaved at it and you and you finally hit you know you got the gold medal or whatever and now you know we've got this 
the psyche of pride is it's almost as bad a p word as profit is. Yeah, you're you right. Know, it, you know, let's give every every you know give every kid a medal because they just showed up today. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and if and by God, if we have a race here, don't anybody win? You know, like ten of you just grab arms and go across the finish line at the same time. You know, well, well, you heaven forbid we uh, there's a winner. And and then there are losers. We don't want anybody to feel bad, Holder. We we want everybody to feel equal. You know, it, it reminds me of the the movie The Incredibles. Remember that movie where the villain says that uh, he wants everyone to be special, and when everybody's special, no one will be. Yeah. And that is a great, I mean a great line for a kids movie. You know, I mean it just says it all. When everybody's special. No one will be. And exactly, that's exactly what this administration wants us to learn. You know, I had a conversation with my son earlier today, and I'm very I'm very disappointed in him right now because uh, he's my youngest son. Uh, he completed the first, uh, during his, his sophomore year, he completed the first uh, six increments of the Marine Corps' um, officer candidate program, the platoon leaders class. He failed to show up for the second uh, six-week increment, which would have uh, allowed him a commission in the Marine Corps. He goofed off and waited far too long in order to set himself up for uh, his future in terms of he he wants to be uh, in in federal law enforcement. And I I told him, look, dude, grab your commission. A commissioned officer in the Marine Corps you'll, will set you up. You will have the connections necessary to get into federal law enforcement. They will take you because you are a Marine officer, a lieutenant, a leader of men, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. He didn't listen to me. So he yeah. didn't show up, and now he's living with his mama and, and, and still out looking. And I got on him really good. I felt bad. I said, dude, you don't have a lot of time here. Light the fire. Light the fire now. Grow some balls. I don't know I don't know what's going on with you, but I want this fire lit. You don't have a lot of time here. You know, no. and, and I didn't raise my son to be at home living with his mama, you know, twenty three years old, you're gonna be twenty four soon. Get off your ass. Yeah. So it worked out, so he's now um back with the uh back with the officer candidate course and he's gonna get into the program so he'll be going in just another month or so to receive his commission. But it took that kind of straight talk to get him moving because quite frankly, he was comfortable. Yeah. You know, at mama's house. Just chilling. Playing video games and watching Netflix. You know well, and, and and Barack would tell him he's doing a fine job. You know, that's yeah. a good that's a good thing for him to be doing. You know, 'cause I I've said it before on my show that these that these uh you know these people that are in this administration these people you know unfortunately leading this country right now i've made the claim that these these are all people that were losers yeah you know these are people that you know when you when you when you play in sports and you you're in a team sport and you win or you know you lose a game it doesn't feel good but yeah. you, but you pick yourself up and you go, hey, next week's a new a new game. We're going to work a little harder. We're going to get some things ironed out and so forth. You know, let's get at it and start working for next week. There's a there's a certain person on a team who mopes. 
Yeah. You know, who feels sorry for themselves. I didn't get to play. I didn't get to play enough. Everybody's picking on me. I got to sit. I, I sat on the bench for most of the game. Those are the people that are now in power in this country who feel sorry for themselves, who've got this, you know, this this grudge yeah. <laughs> against other people in this country, and it's reflected in the way that you know they want everybody treated. Hold your at the very least. The '60s flower children, those those hippies from the '60s, they didn't want anything. <laughs> they didn't want anything. They just wanted you to leave them alone, let them walk around topless or naked with flowers in their hair and painting themselves up, and just walk around and do their own thing. They didn't ask for any handouts. They didn't. Not even, they didn't ask for welfare or anything from the government. They wanted to be as far away from the government as they could get. I mean. Uh, I, I may be, you know, I, I may be uh, uh, generalizing, but for the most part, those sixty folks were were a whole lot more independent than these children we have now. A lot of folks are comparing the sixties to this radical um, uh, 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 Wall Street uh, movement, occupiers. occupiers yeah. But I don't see it. I saw those folks of the sixties who just wanted to be left alone to do their own thing. They wanted away from the establishment. They didn't want to have anything to do with the establishment. They didn't want to have anything. They were distrustful of government. Yeah. Hell, they could have been Republicans. I was going to say there that that's a heck of a lot closer to the way I look at things. Then. Yeah, they wanted to be left alone. Yeah, and but well, here we have a situation where these young folks they believe that they're owed something for nothing. That they're that that and and you're right. You know, my son, my young one, who that I spoke of just a couple of moments ago. I mean, he has his 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 uh, his room, uh, you know, lined with trophies when he played uh, soccer. As a youngster, and I yep. took him to all those soccer games. He's got trophies lying in the whole wall. Hell, his his soccer team didn't win any games, as far as I recall. And he's got a trophy for every single uh, season he played. You know, and and I, that's how we're setting them up. That's how we're setting it up. By you you win, even if you lose. And they're looking to win, even though a lot of them are a bunch of losers. They're looking to get something for nothing. Yep. And this, go ahead, told you. Well, and I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I've worked all my life after I got out of college. I've worked all my life. I went through a, a 10-month stint where uh, my, my company got bought out. The, the company I worked for got bought out by another one, and, and we, we all got laid off. And I spent 10 months, um, you know, looking for work and so forth. But, you know, I, you know, I was making enough money so that the unemployment was, you know, it's the kind of thing where the unemployment's going to carry you through. You don't have to really sweat it too much and all that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it was, it was probably the worst 10 months of my life. I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't hurting. I wasn't, you know, I had plenty of food. I had plenty of booze at the time. I had, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was sleeping in late and all that. But it was the most miserable 10 months of my life because my spirit just eroded. Yeah. You know, and uh, and, I, and I think of these people, you know, that, that they're like, well, they've been on unemployment for 99 weeks or whatever, and they're like, oh, we've got to extend this another year. And I'm like, my God, you know, I, I think back to myself, if I hadn't gotten out of that, you know, out of that cycle, you know, how miserable I would have been a year later or something, you know? Yeah, I think, Holger, that there is a concerted effort. In fact, I'll go ahead and use the C word, conspiracy, to dumb down the American spirit 
You know, I've often said we're hardwired for freedom. We're hardwired to do our own thing. Some want to be led. Some want to lead. But most of us want to be left alone. I think there has been a, an effort that has been that that's been going on for years to pretty much dumb us down, to numb us, so that we don't see, we don't seek success. We don't take the initiative. We don't strive to better ourselves. We, I think that, you know, liberals just want us to be, you know, like, like, like as if we're on Prozac or some some sort of a mind-numbing drug where, you know, we just accept what we're told. Uh, mediocrity is now the order of the day, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and and and, and people get to the point. When they when they're when they're not working, when they're feeling down the dumps, when they start to lose some of that spirit, then that that void is 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 often filled with anger and resentments, yeah. Yeah. and that's what they feed off because they promise to get back at the people that caused their anger, yeah. And and that's where they get that's that's the hook, you know, that they get into these people, and and they feed off of it. I mean, it's really a, a rather sinister thing to do to people, but. Anyway, uh, appreciate your letting me call, and I know you're getting close to the end here, so I want to give yep. you the time there. But appreciate well, the great, great show as always, sir. Before you, before you go, Holder, tell us a little bit about your show so uh, folks can tune in. Uh, the show is on Saturday nights called The Awakening. Saturday mm-hmm. nights at 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, if anybody's uh, not too busy with the uh, with the holiday weekend this weekend, uh, Saturday night, I'm going to I am going to be doing a special uh, Memorial Day tribute to. Uh, to those who made the ultimate sacrifice to our country. And so uh, that should be a good show, and uh, hope everybody can show up if they've, if they've got the time. All right. I know I'll be there. Folks, please do tune in to Hold Your Show uh, Saturday night. I'll be there. Well, thanks again, Holder, for calling in. I want to thank everybody else for listening tonight, uh, all my good friends and some of my uh, uh, long-term listeners. Thank you, guys. We are out of here. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We got a lot to do.